Hey guys, it's me, Engineer Jim. Jay and Dan are on vacation right now, and we're all stuck here working our balls off. What the f*** is with those guys? For crying out loud, do they ever work? I don't know where the hell they are. Oh, wait a minute. I know Jay's going to be at uh, Coachella this weekend, so he's probably already wasted now. Anyways, I love you guys. We'll see you all back next week. For this podcast, we're going to bring you guys the best of our UFC interviews. I love this sport. Talk about badass athletes. These guys train like nobody's business. And good luck getting in the ring, or I should say the octagon, with any one of these guys. Because I guarantee they'll kick your ass. I would love to see Toolsy get in there, though. That would be hilarious. But, you know, Toolsy, I think if you went in the ring with those guys, you are got it. And Patrick, if you got in the ring with those guys, with all that working out and all that going to the beach, I got a feeling that they just might want to chillax and look at your sunset photos as opposed to kicking ass. All right. So, on with the podcast. Check this out for guests. We got Dominic Cruz, and he came in with his title belt. It was badass. It's a great interview. I can't wait for you guys to check it out. And perfect timing as our this. guest is here, Dominic the Cruz. Bantam 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 Bantam. And he's got the belt! Come on in! Get in here! Get in here! Get in here. Wow. Nice. Congratulations. There you go. Throw that on. Yep. Can can I touch this? (laughs) Holy (laughs) Dude, that's so wild. We're so freaking proud of you. That is awesome. Have you felt the love here at Fox? More than anywhere. Right? Because everyone, you know the thing the thing is, this is wild, man. This is so cool. Oh my god, this is so freaking wild. I have felt the love here though. Especially you guys. You guys always got so much dang energy. How much coffee do you drink a day? We it's drink these, right? the yerba mates. This yerba mates. Dom, you gotta get into this stuff. The ad placement in this discussion is incredible. I, <laughs> we wish. I know. We sorry. wish. No, sir, because he, he's with the... He's with uh, another company. So No, 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 no. Oh, okay. They don't give us any there. money at hey, all. Hey, man, did you cut your hair? I did. You look like that CNN, CNN guy. With the real Anderson, Anderson Cooper? Cooper? I think. All right. Got the Anderson Very Cooper Andy going Cooper. on. Yeah. We even got the sit down and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. Man, Do you think Dan good. looks like a hipster now, Dom? Uh, he needs more of a beard. Yeah, I hate hipsters. If he had a beard, he could do it, though. He really hates hipsters. great to see you. We've missed you. You know what? I'm not going to lie. To be a hipster, you do need to rough those boots up a little, though. Yeah. That too. But. Now, they Slick. wear like cowboy boots. Yeah, but I mean, the hipsters got those boots that look like they dug a hole and then they're brand new, actually. Yeah. It's yeah. weird. <laughs> they, they go for the, I paid That's a lot of so money true. for these clothes, but I look homeless. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's but, a weird thing. But like, honestly, after you won the belt on Sunday... That's all everyone was talking about was you because everyone you're like part of the family and so it's like so exciting for us. It was the same with with Daniel Cormier. Like when he won the belt, it was like it was like our guy won the belt. Like it's so it's so exciting. So it must be amazing to come back. It's like doing a victory lap here you, now. You know it is. It's just like that. I mean, especially I wasn't invited into this show until I won a belt. So now that I won a belt, <laughs> here I am with you guys. You know, go figure. So I feel the love. Sorry. But Sorry. when DC won, though, I kind of felt like I was like just so pumped for him because I knew him on a personal level. We worked together 
and then I get to see him do something different and win in that. It's just nice when you can be a part of somebody's life when they're actually doing things and winning. You yes. Know? It's, it's just nice to be a part of that. It doesn't matter who you are. And the journey you took to get there on Sunday night, did it finally hit you? Did it hit you in the octagon? Did it hit you in your hotel room after? When did it hit you saying like, holy shit, I did it? It's funny you say that because honestly, it didn't hit me until I got back to the hotel room. And it, it really can't hit you until you can kind of be alone. Yeah. Like every when there's a lot of stuff going on, you're still kind of in adrenaline mode. Like I couldn't sleep until like eight in the morning the next day. Like I just couldn't sleep. You're just, it's the craziest come down from something like that that I can't even explain. But it hit me a little bit and I got a little tears in my eyes that I couldn't believe it actually like, it doesn't really hit you until you realize you have the day off. You know, like I get tomorrow off. You don't have to train. I don't have, I don't have to get up and run sprints. I don't have to get up and get punched in the face. I don't have six guys that hate me with a bounty on my head that want to kill me to try to prove they're better than the champion. Mm -hmm. I get to just wake up in the morning whatever time I want. If I want coffee, I can have it, but I don't need it to get through a workout. And uh, it's just good. Have as much water as I want. Eat as much salt as I want. Yeah. Have as much cake as I want. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, that's when it hits you is when you're just kind of free for a few days. It's all about the cake. <laughs> the the that's, lead that's in. Daniel, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Daniel, it's he's so sweet, you know, but <laughs> you know when he's not training, it's like he's eating a lot. Oh, there's no question. He's I mean, scarfing we've a lot got, of food. I'm sure that uh, <laughs> they've got two different sets of closets for his suit wear. You know yeah. what I mean? He's got, okay, in camp, Daniel Cormier right. sizes. Right. And then out of camp, Daniel Cormier sizes. No question. And, Dom, the ratings came out. Oh, oh my, my God. God. You must... Did you see those? Hands go up in the air. Yeah. You're and the just, you know, you're the you're the savior awesome. of this network. You're carrying all of us at this <laughs> point. It's I'll, true. I mean, I'll take that. Okay. You know, I'll take that. But no, you, I, ne I needed it. I needed it. I've been out so long. Yeah. I needed to do that. I needed to to, you know, make a splash uh, and, and show people that I'm here and I wasn't going anywhere. But you pumped it up so well in the trash talk before when you guys were sitting uh with uh, John Anik. And TJ just had nothing to come back with. You were just like, okay, give me, give me some points. You say you're going to beat me, but how? I, this is the thing. Everybody made me out to be some kind of trash-talking bad guy in that, but he didn't take any of the opportunity to do it to me that I gave him. It's like The way it came across was that he just had nothing <laughs> That's what head. I tried to explain to him, <laughs> and that's what I tried to explain to everybody else. You know, like you either... If I punch him in the face in the fight, he wanted to punch me back, right? And right. he had an answer. Well... If you ask him an intelligent question, there's no intelligent answer. What you're saying is he's not going to be working with us at FS1 anytime soon. Uh, I don't think anybody from that Alpha Male crew has that opportunity. <laughs> or, or I don't even think they could really sit above the desk, most of them, especially Faber. And then you fi you finish the fight. This is the most amazing thing to me. You finish this grueling five-round fight, and you guys are both incredible. And then you get on set and analyze your own fight. And everyone on Twitter is like, what? Who is this guy? <laughs> what other sport does this happen in? It doesn't. It doesn't happen in any other sport. How did you, did you, even the wherewithal, just to think about what you had just done? Oh, man. It was cool. I thought it was so awesome to be able to do that. Like, to be able to come to my other job. Yeah. After my job. It was and awesome. do my other job. Like, <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> and, it, like, that's a... That's a blessing in disguise. That, like you said, not a lot of other sports will you see that ever. Yeah. And, uh... I think that's because the only reason I was able to have that opportunity is, you know, 
people might not agree with me, but this is how I see it because I believe in my higher power is God. But he took me out of this sport to give me new opportunities. If I wouldn't have gotten hurt, I wouldn't have understood this this portion of my life, which is, you know, being on TV, analyzing fights, working with Fox, working with you guys. And you're amazing at analyzing fights. And and that's a blessing. You know, I wouldn't have never I wouldn't have ever known that if I wouldn't have gotten hurt. Right. And so now I can I can do both jobs equally as well. Right. And that's a blessing. And I would have never had that without, you know, being able to see the bright side of things with my injuries. And uh, here I am fighting now and I still get that cherry on top of my life, but I also have a job that I can do and I get to see you guys' handsome mugs every, oh, yeah. every few and weeks. No question about that. The thing about we working with you, though, <laughs> I was explaining to a buddy I was watching the fight with and I said, here's how Dom is. You would come over to us after you guys taped a segment in the studio and you'd ask us about our show saying, like, why did you say this then? Like, you were interested in how we did our show. It's just like you're a student of everything that you're involved in. You know, I, I truly believe that if, I mean, you guys are kind of old, so yeah. like I got to yeah. take your advice. That's you true. know what I mean? First of all, but we're getting up there. <laughs> Dave case. Cohello, our, our talent booker, literally described Dan as the old guy last week. Yeah. <laughs> but that being said, old or not, I got to pick your guys' brain. You guys have been in this business a long time. Yeah. You guys understand it. And you're so fluent and you're just so calm and got energy up there. And it just, it's very, very organic with you guys and the way you guys work together. So I see that and I go, man, these guys have been, they've tricked Fox into keeping them for how long? <laughs> well, so yes. I got to figure something. I got to figure out what they're doing. You know what I mean? I got to see what these guys are like. I, I mean, you guys, I, I don't know how X-rated I can get on this show. But oh, you guys, oh, go for it. Yeah. You guys yeah. might be doing some <laughs> some. Uh, <laughs> That was early know. in the career, <laughs> okay. and then you when waited. initially hired us, we both <laughs> them, and then, <laughs> and then, God. no, or is that just me? <laughs> that, I, yeah, I oh, well, that. I'm going to say it was you, man, because you got yeah. the red face over here. He's <laughs> yeah. licking his lips real weird. It's creeping me out. <laughs> but every time he says Stop something, I'm like, oh, I'm like, we're gonna, we're gonna get fired now. That's the one that we get fired. That's over. it. That's the one we and finally get deported. Then for. I send Mike an email after. I'm like, can you beat up that whole section? <laughs> I might do that. Yeah, I don't think that's a good idea. Oh, so now, and you came in with the the walking cast. Yeah, so, it's just a little boot. You yep. Know? You know, it's no hipster boot, but it's a boot. And um, yeah, because you said your foot was in two pieces. Well, this is what it felt like during the time uh, when it, I have a partial tear in my plantar fascia. I don't know if anybody knows what that is. In English, it's basically a tendon that runs along the arch of your foot that connects to your heel. And right. it's and hard to heal. Yeah, it is. It, you get it a lot. Football players get it a lot, actually, quarterbacks, because they plant on that back foot before they fire the football, right? Um, runners get it because they're always on their feet. I get it because I do tons and tons and tons of footwork drills to get my movement where I need to be. And because of that, it's just put a wear and tear on my heel. But it'll heal quickly. There's no surgery and there's just limited uh, rehab I got to do. So I'm in a boot just to keep it from moving so I don't got to flex it. And that'll allow the fibers to connect back to the heel. Right. Once the fibers connect in like two or three weeks in this boot... Um, then I do a little bit of rehab. I should be back in no more than six six weeks or so. So t- take nothing. us through the next year, ideally in your mind. Who do you want to fight and how often do you want to fight? I want to fight as much as I can. Let me get through this six to eight weeks, right? You know, which is nothing compared to what I've been through. I'm, I'm super ecstatic that I have no injuries after this fight. <clears throat> my body feels great um, other than my foot, and that's just nothing for me, so... After that, I'd like to be able to take the fight that the fans want to see. You know, I mean, I look at the 135-pound division, and it's looking really good. It is. But there's not a lot of guys that 
people are in high demand to want to see. I mean, you look at Conor McGregor and anything he says goes viral, basically. Yep. People want to see that guy, right? Mm -hmm. I can't think of one person near that capability other than Faber, unfortunately. And only Faber because there's a 10-year... Uh, ten year gap that we have of just not liking each other, right? And it's real, and, yeah. and he doesn't like me, and I don't like him, and we were supposed to fight each other anyways, and he got out of a, out of a butt whooping and ended up taking it from Barrow anyways. So I love to come and shut him up. He's never touched this belt. I won't let him, and I'd love to be a part of that two times for him. That would uh, be amazing. As far as TJ's, or would you rather have TJ and Uriah fight first for the right to fight? You, you know, they could do that, but the thing is. I don't think Faber can beat TJ. Whoa. I don't. I don't think he can. But um, I think that TJ, while he came and threw down with me, he also doesn't spike any kind of wanting, people wanting, like they want to see him fight because he can fight. But I mean, you try to, I begged that guy to just say five words to me. And he just <laughs> looked, turned away and said, I'm not here to talk. And it's like, man, we didn't come in front of the camera to be silent. <laughs> like, nobody wants to see you sit here and look I, at the wall. I didn't because, come to this interview to talk. <laughs> but that's so much, that's what? such a huge part of it. It's like no, you said with Connor, right? Is, you man. have to sell the sport and sell your division. Right. right. And I this mean, is, these are exact words from TJ. That, that just disappointed me in him because you're the champion when I was gone. They, they, yeah. You need to do this portion of the game, man. Yeah. This is where the game is. He said, I don't like what Conor McGregor did. He made it so we have to work harder as athletes and talk a bunch of trash in order. That's what people want to see now. Like, man, that's been there the entire time, genius. Yeah, and that's every like, fight. Ali. Yes, right. thank you. Since how long has yes. my, and that's why he's one of my favorites. So your thoughts on McGregor then? I mean, you got to love what he's doing. Look, look what he's doing. Exactly. Look at what he's doing. It, you can be a hater or you can just appreciate the gifts of certain people. You know, he's got the gift of gab. The guy likes to talk. Um, and he's backed it up. He loves himself more than anybody I've ever known in my, than I've ever heard talk in, their, in my entire life. Like he literally has to hug and kiss himself every single night. Well, his quote today was, I think, I'm good with God. I'm good with all the gods because gods respect gods. Point taken. And and you see what I, you see what I mean? Like I, most people can't even think to say something so loving to themselves. But he wakes up and says it in the morning. I'm sure. Yeah. You know, pats himself on the back, puts his sunglasses on, looks at himself in his own glasses, and says, <laughs> "Damn, you're handsome." I could picture it, but that's what people want to see. Because why? People want to be able to relate to somebody who can say that about themselves, so they can believe it about themselves and not feel bad about it. And he's easy Makes to sense. hate because the people that hate him hate him so much. Yeah, and then, and then you want to. So you either hate him to death and you want to see him lose, or you love him because he gives you confidence to be confident in yourself. So it's a win-win situation. Then you got certain guys who say, "I'm not here to talk. I'm here to be a martial <laughs> artist." And then when they lose, they want to talk. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a second. Eh, yeah. Something's off here. I yeah. think now you're trying to talk because you want to talk yourself into something. When you had something, you didn't want to put anything on the table to gamble. You got to put something on the table to gamble. And yeah. I, that's I what love people want to see. Connor, when Connor finishes a fight, like when he, when he fought Aldo, he had a ton of respect for him in the ring after the fight was over, which right. is such a classic way to do it, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. let's be real. We're here yeah. to fight. Yeah. I, I'm not here to like pat you on the back and, tell, and bow to you and call you a martial artist. I'm here to beat the hell out of you. I'm here to beat the hell out of you. And yeah. if you think it's a game, you're in the I'm not playing with you, man. I'm going to hurt you. When you think back to your fight, uh, especially Sunday night, do you have a photographic memory of the fight where you can... <laughs> Were just replays in your head or no? <laughs> I mean, you remember like small little bits and chunks of it, 
but really no way. I mean, it's a whirlwind in there, man. And, and to be honest, it's all like uh, reaction mm-hmm. and instinct in there. So I, I didn't remember anything until I got to see it. As awesome as it is, I get to see it on the plane ride home on Fox Sports. And I'm <laughs> yeah. just like, this is a trip. Because yeah. when I, I used to fight, I mean, it, it, Fox wasn't covering the sport when right, I fought. Right, right. It was, I fought on Versus, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, so God, it's like, garbage. And nobody even knew who I was, and nobody cared <laughs> yeah. that I was fighting the, what is now called the number one pound for pound uh, fighter on the planet. The people I beat to get to where I'm at today, nobody cared about then in the sport. And now you look at my record, and it's like, wow, he's already beaten the best of the best in the sport. And now people see it because I'm here now and the coverage is on the sport. So to be a part of the sport now is like a dream come true because this is what I wanted four years ago, but it just wasn't there. So you're watching the fight on the plane. Are you watching and say, oh, I screwed up there. I screwed up there. Definitely. I mean, you can't help it. That, that wasn't the best me. That was the best me for that night. Uh, that was the best me for a year off, uh, three ACL surgeries, a torn groin, but I can absolutely look better. I've looked better in past fights, I think. Uh, I shouldn't have made the fifth round as close as it was, and I'm not going to make excuses. Um, I should have won that round outright. I had the cardio. I had the will. Um, no excuses. Just my, my foot. My mobility was down a little because of my foot. And, Wait, but and when I, you say your cardio, you had the cardio, but how how exhausted are you by, that, between they, that they, fourth they, and fifth round? You're too mad to be tired. Right. You were really? too, I was too angry. <laughs> To be tired, man. I swear to God I was. I, I just wanted saying, to hurt him. Yeah. They kept saying during the fight that they, they thought you were breathing hard. Were you? Look, Let's look at all my fights. If you do any research, which obviously they didn't, otherwise they wouldn't have said that. Um, I do research before I break down fights. I do research before I do color commentary. So I know what the fighter's capable of and what they do in their habits. Obviously, they didn't see this because I do this every single one of my fights and I never, ever get tired. I take deep breaths. Forgive me for taking a deep breath in the middle of a fight. <laughs> I guess I'm tired, huh? I mean, let's be real here. You got to take a deep breath in. I think that fighters don't do it enough. Take a deep breath. Get all the oxygen into your lungs, and then that dissipates and goes to all the muscles in your body, and that's a reset button for me. That's a rhythm for me. Uh, can uh, we get your thoughts before we get to rapid fire? Do you think Ronda has a shot against Holly if they do a rematch? Absolutely not. No, wow. No, I don't. I think that Ronda is one of the greatest women that ever competed in this sport. But I think Holly Holm's at another level, and she's the evolution of the sport. And I think that Holly Holm has too much footwork and too much striking and too much knowledge of striking and footwork to allow there to be any kind of grappling uh, exchanges in a fight with Ronda Rousey or Misha Tate or anybody else in the division. And that's a problem for for everybody in the division. Isn't it funny how it was a problem before with Ronda? Like and who's going to be Ronda? Now Ronda, it's like who's right. going to beat Holly now? Well, this is the thing: when you see them matched up, you see the difference in levels of of athleticism right. and capability in an actual fight. Ronda's been able to go out and girls underhook her instead of pushing away and creating pummeling effects, like. First thing Holly Holm did was she had a good coach. Uh, they gave her good understanding of what she needed to do, and Ronda went to grab her because Ronda got the chance to grab her a couple times, and in every single other fight with Ronda, the girls grab her right back, and that is the last thing you want to do with the black belt in judoka. You you need to pummel inside, get your elbows in, keep the space, and separate. Force Ronda Rousey to strike. That's all anybody had to do against her. Anybody in the sport. Nobody did it once until Holly Holm. Not one time did somebody try to not clinch Ronda Rousey back. So you said, obviously, Misha can't beat Holly. 
I don't see it at all. Could Misha now beat Ronda? I don't think so because <laughs> Misha Tate still grapples. Yeah. She still grapples. She even Misha Tate, uh, when she had a chance to because she has the wrestling background, she had the chance to pummel out of the clinch mm-hmm. of of Ronda and know how she knows how to do it. But she got so emotional, she tried to headlock her. What are you trying to headlock her for? Just separate and make the girl punch. You make Ronda punch, you see what she has and where she's at. She doesn't have an entire lifetime in boxing. She has an entire lifetime in clinching. Mm-hmm. So stop clinching her. Make her box. Regardless of how good you think you are at grappling, what is the point? Like, yeah. Why do that? Uh, this Rapid is Fire awesome. is our favorite segment. So great. Where we, uh, we send out... Uh, uh, a tweet, and then our uh, Twitter followers sending questions for our guests. So this is uh, handled by Mike. And Facebook. Rapid fire. All right, first one's from Matt Morton. Pretty Best. impressive, right? That little intro there. That was clean. Yeah. <laughs> Rapid fire. <laughs> That's the best we can do. It reminds uh, me of like Gallagher or something. Like <laughs> we need some watermelons. <laughs> uh, best arena or country to fight in? Oh. Good question. Uh, I love fighting in Vegas, personally speaking. I mean, fight capital of the world. Yeah, it's close. It's home. Everybody shows up. Mm-hmm. Every single friend you has wants to go to Vegas and wants an excuse to go to Vegas, and uh, it's just always crazy right after too. Did you guys party after Sunday night, or was it more? No, that's the th- that's what I'm saying. In Vegas, you you can go out, yeah. but I didn't get even home from from the place until 4 a.m. At 4 a.m., no, you're lucky to have you anybody in your room that wants to high-five you at that time, you know? <laughs> so, no, it was done by the time and, I got home. And if late. they are up at 4 a.m., you want nothing to do with them. Generally speaking, <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially me after a fight, I was just looking at them like, really, you're still here? Here's an idea. <laughs> Jim, you, me, and Dan, we'll all go to Jumbo's Clown Room after the show tonight. We'll really? Are you, are you guys' wives going to let you do that? It doesn't matter. I mean, they're going to yeah. hear it on this show. It's no. no, they're not paying attention to that. <laughs> I, I don't want to get you guys in trouble, you know. Come on. You guys are older gentlemen. The wives, have you check. The, the, the wives run your lives by this point. Oh, yeah, big time. So, I mean, big time. Let, let's not try to play the tough guy. You'd be no. screwed. Hey, I get one night out a month, and I would, I would sacrifice that night. <laughs> My wife's and, used uh, to it. She's <laughs> used to it. Too. It's just, yeah. it's, and my uh, wife and my wife thing is, yeah, so you just got to cook for a few nights, huh? There it is. It's, yeah, it's uh, cooking for a few nights. All right, next All right, question. Yeah, next question. <laughs> this is from Caesar Cruz. Favorite fight movie and why? Hmm. Oh, oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, uh, fist. Uh, Iron Man with an Iron Fist. Never seen that. It's a weird. It's a weird movie. It's amazing, but I like like comics. Uh, if you ever read comics and stuff, it's the movie is played like a comic, and um, it's got a bunch of. It's got a pro wrestler in it. I can't remember its na- his name, and Jet Li, I believe, is in it. Hmm. And uh, it's just a martial arts movie. Check you, it out. Did you like the wrestler? Did you see the wrestler? I yeah, I did. Great, and movie. that that was a good movie. A great but fight. that just. Oh, it's depressing. It hurt my soul. Yeah, yeah. very And depressing. Mickey Rourke, I mean, he still looks kind of like that. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot like, worse. I feel like, yeah, that was like... <laughs> like he, that was the perfect part for him. He, he, it it was. really was. But you th- think about all those guys you grew up watching in the WWF or WWE, so many of them ended up like that, you know, in a 
trailer park. It re- you know, with well, nothing. It's right? funny you say that because one of the my first experiences with a guy that reminded me of that timeline that you're talking about, like the wrestlers, when I sparred Don Fry. You guys know who Don Fry is? No. One of the first, you know, all time veterans of of the UFC. Amazing guy. I still respect him to this day, but. He scared the crap out of me. I mean, he's 250 pounds, and I was just a kid just getting started, and he's like, let's get over there. We're sparring, and that's how he talks. I mean, he's a scary guy. You got to see. look him up after this. It's insane. We need to get but him on the pod. He ends up, you do. Yeah. He, he would hear the most crazy things out of his mouth. He literally goes, we're sparring, then turns around, gets into his bag, throws two Viking in his mouth, starts chewing them. What oh the my f- God. And I'm looking at this guy like, this guy's a vet. Like, is this what my future's looking uh, like? Yeah. Like, I don't want to chew Viking. Yeah. Sport. Like, you know what? Unless I, I want to do it on yeah. my own time. <laughs> right. Jumbo's clown room. <laughs> but he had to do it to, to spar my little butt. You know what I mean? Yeah, just yeah. to get going. And just, that's his warm up. Like, yeah. no jumping rope. Just two Viking and go. Oh. And I was like, you know, I need to really move my feet and not get hit a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a, it's like uh, hearing uh, Antoine Randall L, who's just like a great wide receiver in the NFL forever, say this week that he wishes he never played football because he can't remember anything. Get out of here. Yeah. He said yeah. that. Yeah. He did. yeah. did you ask him uh, how much money he has in his account? Well, I yeah. I mean, that's the thing, though. I think he doesn't care. Doesn't, doesn't care. Doesn't did, have his talents. But he never had life. to live broke, did he? Well, that's true. So yeah, let's could think be about worse. that. Could be worse. Let's that's think a good about point. That. Could be Mickey Rourke <laughs> in a trailer park. <laughs> Mike, next. Yeah, this is from Succo. What is your favorite go-to meal after a fight? Hey, good question too. Um, it depends on my mood at the time. Usually, I like a donut. But if we're talking about a whole meal, wait, just one donut, and they like, bring it on a like a white. Plate? Well, you can't eat that much after you diet, <laughs> yeah, man. Like I guess a donut so. makes you feel like you ate a feast. Like you're so, so much full after that, but. Yeah. Any meal, it would be a carne asada chimichanga with sour cream, red sauce, and guacamole. Oh what, my like gosh! That. Very specific. I like beans you, and rice. What like, do you do right after you weigh in? So good. Um, well, you, you, I had like this this coconut. Like first of all, after you weigh in, when you before you weigh in, you have like this huge list of things that you want, and you're staring at them and you're petting them before the weigh. It's <laughs> like literally petting them. Like, it's a serious thing, like licking the cans because yeah. there's the little water droplets on the side and you're so thirsty. And then after I weighed in, I get this coconut and I chug the coconut and you're just like, it feels like you swallowed a bowling ball. And you're so full that everything goes out of your brain and you just want your stomach to stop hurting. Uh. You just haven't drank or ate anything in a couple of days and it just goes away. So all I want is water. Like yeah. you are so far beyond hunger. Because you're uh, how thirsty you are that you just want water and coconut juice. Before you weigh in, how many times that morning or if it takes place in an afternoon do you step on a scale? You try not to trick yourself. That's actually a trick that you learn as a veteran later is stop weighing yourself because you're going to panic. The less you weigh yourself, the better you're going to be because hmm. the best time to weigh yourself is first thing in the morning when you wake up. Because every time you weigh yourself at night, you have a panic attack because you're heavier than you're going to wake up in the morning. But then when you wake up in the morning, that's as light as you're going to be. You peed everything out. You, the, you know, your cycle uh, starts all over every single morning before you eat anything. You check your weight. That's your weight. Right. And that, that's the best time to do it. So that's try not to check too much. Anybody who's Good listening. advice for all of us trying to lose weight. <laughs> all right. Uh, one more. This is from Kyle Graves. What sport do you follow most outside of him? Football. Definitely football. I love football. Who's I your, love, team? your team? I love football. Right now, I'm loving Arizona. I love the Chargers, but they're gone now. Oh, yeah, because you're a San yep. Diego guy. Gosh, man. It's, so it's talk pretty about sad. This. How devastating is this for you and for everyone well, in San Diego? Well, it's mixed feelings because yeah. San Diego needs champions. 
I'm a champion. I'm in San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So they're fine. Yeah. yeah like, it's okay. You know, like, we lose the Chargers, we gain a world champion in, in the fastest growing sport in the world. Give, give, give me some love. It's decent. You yeah. know, why not? You, Phil Mickelson, and the Padres. That's all they need. <laughs> what else do they need? <laughs> Phil Mickelson makes a lot. And Phil Mickelson could pay me. He, <laughs> he makes could. so much money. He has a lot Just of for scratch. no reason. That's just to hang out with him. <laughs> uh, Dominic, we can't thank you enough for coming in. Yeah, and, this is um, awesome. Bringing the belt in. And uh, by the way, we have two champions uh, on the Fox roster, both with the same initials, DC. I know. I thought about that. I was like, man, I couldn't even be DC if I wanted to because DC's already three of me. <laughs> <laughs> you know? like, These DC weight jokes are fantastic. <laughs> I'm the only one who could do it. <laughs> I know. I know but I'm the only it. one he could eat in one bite. That's yeah. a weird thing. Oh, and when you made that comment to Kenny in the ring, has he got back to you since? Oh, yeah. You know, I like Kenny. I don't want to bash the guy. Uh, that was a joke, and it just yeah. blew up because I'm. You could tell it was a joke. It was, but he was pretty. Mad at me. He said I had no class. He texted me and said, You have no class. I thought you did, oh. but you don't. And I was oh. just like, Oh, that hurt oh. my heart, oh. Kenny. Yeah, I was just playing, it. man. If we were in a room and I said it, you'd laugh at me and, you know, make fun of my, you know, bad socks or something. But I guess on a national stage, it kind of has a little bit more. Well, to you're it. right. It did take kind of a life of its own. And that's the only reason he got upset because. Because everyone was talking about but it. But it was funny. It was funny. It was. <laughs> In the moment that you thought of it, that you thought of it, it was after funny. winning a belt, that, that's what made yeah. it. Well, I mean, he was the one guy who knows me in and out. This guy's worked with me as close as we are. He knows my mind. He knows my body. He knows how bad I want. He knows more than anybody yeah. behind the scenes and in the scenes. And he kind of picked against me. So me being uh, the competitive guy that I am with the competitive nature I have and, you know, I think I could do his job a little bit better. I wanted to say something. Yeah. And you're in the moment, you know, and you're full of adrenaline and it happens. Yeah. And You'll I, I mean, forgive it. me. I got punched in the head a little bit. Okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, shove a microphone and, and a camera in my face after any, or anybody yeah. for that matter. Let's hear what they have to say. He'll be okay. We'll talk to him. Let's move it over. <laughs> I mean, at least I didn't say I broke my back spinal. <laughs> you know, it could be yeah. that. I mean, yeah. like Tyson did that one time and it was, that's a vine still to this day that was classic. Uh, Dominic Cruz, thank you this so much. Awesome. The champion. So proud of wow, that was great, Dominic. Thanks so much. Up next is his opponent for UFC 199, Uriah Faber. This interview is from September of 2015, and Uriah was amazing. By the way, UFC 199 is June 4th at the LA Forum. And I got some great stories about the forum. We played there four nights with guns on the Usual Illusion tour. And I think one of the nights we didn't get out of there till about four in the morning. It was a lot of fun hanging backstage with Lenny Kravitz and Cher and all sorts of people. Good times were had by all. Guys, enjoy. You, uh, I just read today someone said this has to happen. UFC 200, you and Connor on the, on the bill. What do you think? That, I'd love that. When is that? I don't know. I don't yeah, know. What UFC are we at? Not, what number are we at? I think we're 70 something, maybe 170. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're 194. We're one, two yeah. 194 in December. Right? 194. I, I'm down for that. Yeah, that would be Can, can we get back to uh, cutting weight? So once you, you make your weight, do you just like go to Golden Corral and go yeah, to town? Just get the <laughs> you know, fountain. You'd like to, but unfortunately, it's a long process. So you have to let your stomach get get used to having food in it again. There's like this whole process. So you don't have your big meal till about eight or nine or you've 
you know, hit the scale. Start putting all the all the weight you'll on. Get sick. Yeah. yeah, you get you get you get some like electrolytes in and some sodium, and then you get a bunch of water, and then you get your first meal, and then you get some you know something easy to digest, and then you have your you know you like a little rest, and then you go have a big dinner. So it's a big process. I've put on you know anywhere from eighteen to twenty two pounds when I make thirty five pounds, and you know twelve. 12 pounds or so when I'm making 145 pounds. And what is your go-to? It's Golden Corral, isn't it? It's the uh, nacho cheese fountain you just bathe in. <laughs> you know what? Uh, <laughs> I have a home-cooked meal that that, uh, that I've learned how to make, and I taught my buddy how to make. So it's just basically like the first meal is is like ground turkey meat, either quinoa or potatoes, cilantro, salsa, sour cream, olives, and, and uh, just kind of have like little little burritos. And then I'll go have a steak and, and uh, potatoes at night. It's very California. Very you are California. the California That, that first kid. meal That's you it. described is the, the, the last meal I would ever, ever choose. <laughs> nothing lifetime. with quinoa. Quinoa or olives. That's oh. it, yeah. I see uh, here. Oh, sorry, Dan. Well, you're a healthy eater. I, I am. I, I was raised, I mean, California. I was born in a house in Isla Vista, California, which you guys probably know is like the, the college town surrounding UC Santa Barbara. And there's a lot of parties there, probably a lot of cons- conceived kids there but not many that are actually born in a house so uh most of born on a street yeah so i was like you know my parents were super hippies and and healthy living and healthy health food has been a big thing for me no immunizations no conventional medicine for most of my life and uh mm. so, so is this drink we have every podcast yeah, what do you is think it, is it killing us this yerba mate check the ingredients um it's from whole foods i'm gonna have so to call my managers and ask about this okay fair I'm enough get back to us on <laughs> that fusion one. of purified water organic brewed herby mate organic hibiscus flour organic cane sugar it's all, all organic yeah, okay. hey that sounds good this seems pretty good yes i mean sugar <laughs> sugar to be honest yeah. But yeah it is what it is it's I, like however you want to take the sugar or whatever you call it. i just like real sugar like you know. just packets of sugar, you just pound no. Them? I mean, just you know, the fake stuff is the bad. Is the yeah. bad stuff. Mexican Coke is better than American Coke, right? Probably. Yeah, it's got the good sugar in it. I got mm. a line here. What is this? Got into a brawl against a group of guys while on vacation in Indonesia. Uh, what the hell happened there? Are you allowed to tell the story? Two thousand five, man. This is a long story. I'll give you the basic. No, 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 no tell the tell long it. one. It's tell a it. ten minute story. We wow, like ten minute stories. Love and then, and then yes. you're out of here. Ten minuters, and then we'll oh, and then gosh. we'll get into rapid fire, and we'll let you head back to Sacktown. All right, two thousand five. I'm um, I'm fighting, but no one really knows the sport or me for that matter. And uh, I'm in in Indonesia, hanging out with two of my buddies. I just fought Charlie Valencia, so for the King of the Cage World Championship. And I'm just chilling out there and um, dancing with a couple chicks. In this this bar, my buddy had gone home sober um, because he is Weak. eight months sober and he couldn't handle the environment. Right? Not not that he's a sober guy. He now he's four four years sober, but you Good know job. he had an issue. He had a problem. So he he bounces and it's just me and I'm dancing with some chicks and whatnot and some guy starts a fight with me and I like blow the guy off and he kind of persists. He's a local guy and I'm you you're know, on his st- turf. He's standing close to me and he's just you know. Just Big like, guy, little guy. Like, what, yeah, he's bigger than me, but that's not saying much, you know. Right. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm like, finally, like, dude, what's your problem? He doesn't speak any English, but he's huffing up. And I go, "Does this guy want to walk outside?" I go, "What, you know, what's your problem?" And he's like, "Blah blah blah," saying something in whatever his language is. So I just start start walking out, and I look behind him, behind me, and he's coming out too. And I'm like, "All right, I'm gonna go fight this guy." You know, I'm not scared of a fight, obviously. So I go out. And uh, there's a little monument to these Australians that were bombed in 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 this town. And then I go to the back alley and I go, all right, dude, let's do this. Throw my hat off and square up. 
And I think the guy realizes that there's like zero intimidation or fear in me, mm-hmm. which is probably a scary thing. He calls over to a bunch of locals that are working at like this parking lot and they come over and one guy speaks English and I'm, and he's like, what's going on here? I said, I don't know. This guy wants to fight me. I don't know what his problem is. I said, I'll do it, but it's got to be one-on-one. So they talk to him, blah, blah. So and, now it's a negotiation. <laughs> well, he doesn't speak English. <laughs> right. So then they put us on this little monument and they let us fight. And whoa, I whoa, beat they, the crap out of this they guy. Put, wait, <laughs> put you on the monument? So they put you on the monument. Well, so like it's, it's, like, there's like, it's like a three-step up. Then there's like a fountain and there's like a wall with everyone's names who had been killed in this bombing and whatnot. And I'm in the alley and I'm like, let's go, you know, getting ready to throw down. You can and, swear all you want. Okay, I'm like, let's go, mother. Throw my hat off and like you know square up and he's like oh shit, this guy does not care about anything you know <laughs> so then then the guys come over and I'm like oh crap and I got a bunch of guys so then I negotiate this one on one fight so they put us on the okay okay fine they put us on this little V of a of a monument and we throw down obviously I beat the crap out of the guy it ends up with me picking him up and dropping him on like a corner like oh. this and he breaks oh. his collarbone. So we get up and the fight's over. I'm just wearing shorts, no underwear. No, I lost my sandals. I lost my hat, my shirt. Got ripped off. And uh, and I'm just like chilling, trying to find my stuff. And the guy's like, hey, 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 you won. Now go, go. And the guy's walking around sulking <laughs> like this. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I'm trying to find my, my shoes and my hat, you know. And uh, like probably like two minutes later, I get a, like a thud in the back of my head. And the guy oh, no. guy hits me with brass knuckles in the back of the head. And I can just feel the blood start gushing. And I'm like. What the hell? So I turn around, and he's like, one by one, one by one. And I'm thinking, like, what the f-? Dude, I'm like, what the hell is that? I can see his things. He's like, one by one, one by one. I'm like, f-. all right, man. So I square up, and two other buddies come. One grabs a rock, one grabs a bottle. Jesus. And so I grab the guy with the bottle, <clears throat> and I like, grab the guy with the rock, and I'm like rustling, rustling with them. And meanwhile, the other guy with the brass knuckles is rabbit punching me in the head. I got like six spots that I had to have sutured up that night. And so I finally like start running. I run back into civilization, which is like 20 feet away, into the club. Well, I know these guys are bouncers. And I'm basically in a pair of shorts, covered in blood at this point because of the rabbit punches. And I'm running into the club thinking I'm safe. And all the bouncers are like, there's a crazy white dude covered in blood running into the thing. So I get caught on the dance floor. Like, on my back, and I'm getting, like, kicked by, like, 12 guys. Like, people are, like, all around me. I'm getting kicked. So I somehow get up and run to the back of the thing, and there's, like, a little bit of room to breathe there. So I'm, like, ditching and diving. There's a bar here. There's a dance floor here, and there's, like, a seated area on the other side. So I'm back here, like, running around. There's some little stairs. I'm, like, hopping up and down, like, trying to avoid people. And I get to this side and do do a sprint because there's just a seated area, so there's, like, not a bunch of people there. Sprint to the front door. I elbow shiver a guy out you know, at the front door and I start running down the street like away, you know, like, like, I don't know where I'm going. I'm like, thank goodness my friends aren't with me because I'd probably have to stop and try to save are, them. You say you were looking for your sandal. Like, are you in sandals or are you in bare feet? I'm barefoot. Holy man. I'm barely, fo- I'm barefoot. <laughs> and I mean, I have, I have now from getting kicked on the, on the floor, I had like a bunch of cuts and scrapes on my back and I had like a, a, still a dent in the side of my hip from somebody kicking me. And, uh, so I'm running down the street, like away from civilization, which is even scary because I'm like, at least here there's like something going on. I'm getting in like little huts and stuff like that, like the further I go. So there's a billabong shop and they're paying people to sit in front of the, the door instead of putting an actual door on it because it's probably cheaper, right? <laughs> so That makes sense. Yeah. Why so do more people do that here? So there's guys like sitting there at, at the billabong shop and I'm like, 
recognize Bill Bong because I've been wearing Bill Bong since I was a little kid. And I'm like, ah, like familiarity. Sweet so I run in and I'm like, <laughs> the guys are like trying to stop me. I'm like, get the f out of my way. Trying <laughs> and to you're kill like me. bloody. You're I'm like, bloody, covered in blood. I'm just sitting there in the back of the store, just like breathing, like, <sighs> just breathing. And, and in comes the guy with the brass knuckles. And now a guy's got this little shoe hammer. One of the guys, Jesus. and there's like three of them coming again. They're saying one by one. I'm like, these guys are, they're like really after me, you know? So they come to the back of the store and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, please, please don't, please don't. And I hit the big one and just run again. This time I go back towards the, back towards the club because I'm like, if I go that way, I'm in the huts. If they catch me out like in their territory, I'm That's like bad. really bad, right? So I run back towards this way, get in front of the club and <clears throat> back to the club. Jump, jump in a taxi and I'm screaming at the guy. And I remember because I almost went to the, to the wrong side because the, the driver's side is the wrong side, right? right? right. So I was going to go there and I like last minute decision, get in. And, and are they like right behind you at this point? Like are they all these guys? I don't know. Right. I'm just running. I'm like, feel like I'm going to die, right? <laughs> so I've got like the lock is here and the handle's here on this car. And so I get in the car and I'm like, go, go, go. And the guy's freaking out because I'm bleeding all over his car. I'm like, money, 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 I'll pay you. There's a car in front of us. So he's like freaking out with me. And there, then the f car gets attacked. And so I like, like, I'm like this, I go to the handle instead of the lock, the door gets ripped open. I'm leaning back and I'm like kicking people out the, this side. And then I'm leaning over on the driver. Next thing you know, somebody grabs me by the hair and I'm like, oh, the driver's turned on me. Oh my God. I'm like, God. I'm done. I'm like, this is, I'm like about to die, which it wasn't scary. It was just sad. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm about to die. Yeah. In so Indonesia. Like kicking the guy. In a taxi. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then what turned, what happened was a bunch of people started helping out. Finally, the taxi driver Finally. got out, and uh, and he like you know pulled people off. He jumped back in, and we took off. And I wow. went to the hospital, the little hospital. They they thought I had a fractured skull, so I um so they sent me to a different hospital, and uh, I didn't have a fractured skull. I just had like seven spots sutured on my head. I had like you know all the doctors had flip flops on. They were probably younger <laughs> than I was, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, so I got out of there on the drive drive out. To, to the first hospital, uh, the guy guy was following me on a motorcycle, and I'm like, what the hell is this guy doing? I told the taxi driver to pull over. I'm like, pull over. He's like, hi. I said, pull over. So I get out, and I go, what are you following, what are you following okay, me for? Wait, you told him to get out? <laughs> this guy's following me. I'm like- You want to put an end to it. Yeah, I'm like, this guy's not going to follow me, you know what I mean? Yeah. Let's take the bull by this horns here. Right. So I get out of the car, and I'm like, I go, what's up? I just want to make sure you're okay. Where are you staying? I said, don't worry about it. Just get out of here. I'm fine. And he's like, okay. And like takes off. Then I, you know, I was at the hospital. Then they brought me to the police station. The guy who was our tour guide who'd take my buddy home wanted justice, which only cost 50 bucks. Oh, yeah. that's a good deal. Yeah. <laughs> 50 bucks and we'll get justice, right? And he knows a guy in the military. And I'm like, dude, I just want to go home, oh bro. Oh, my God. I just want to go to sleep. They want to get my story. And so, like, I'm in the police, the police chief's, like, like room who's the police chief of wherever we're at in Indonesia. And there's another guy that came who was going to be a witness from the night before. And he's like on my side about what happened, this and that they do a big lineup. And for 50 bucks, we're going to get justice. And, and, uh, he's like, who, who do have me pick someone? And I'm like, I have no idea. He's like, just pick one. And I'm like, no, oh my god! So I go home, right? And then they're telling me tell my story, and they're on one of those little computers with the like screens all green, and and they're like typing, and every time, like halfway through, 
the electricity goes out and it'd be like, oh, and then have me tell it again. So I finally got a piece of paper. I wrote down my whole story, which I still have, along with my uh, x-rays. And then I was like, just take me home. Holy man. And the funniest part, I was in the I was in the sheriff's office and the guy was in there and the, the guy leaves, leaves, the police chief leaves and I was tired. I'm in a towel because they had me shower and everything else and I already only had a pair of shorts on. So I'm like, I cleared his desk off and I laid down butt naked on his table with the towel on and the guy's like, I can't believe you're sleeping on, you're laying down naked on the police chief's de- <laughs> desk. I'm like, I'm just tired <laughs> indonesia i, I have come, so many come for the come for the come for the hospitality <laughs> stay for the brass knuckles yeah. uh, who still oh uses brass actually very knuckles. nice people man yeah who still uses brass knuckles? that's a good that? question i was just in santa barbara and they had all the, the band things on the wall and there was brass knuckles on there nunchucks and everything switchblades i'm like Dude, how did I get some of these? Okay, and the first time you went back to the club and you're on the dance floor getting kicked, why, where were the two girls? I think they were helping out. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> they're like, actually, this guy, this guy was a terrible dancer. Actually, at the police station. <laughs> they were helping out. At the, no, they were helping pull people off. At the police station the next I thought day. they were helping to kick oh, you. Oh, no. I thought they were no. involved. <laughs> no. I thought they were rabbit punching. <laughs> so so then I, I, go, I go and I basically... Um, go back to the police station. I think those girls were there. One of them got a bottle broken, like a little mini riot broke out because people wow. were trying to help, etc. One of them got a bottle broken over their head. Oh, shit. Fun. Nope. And was one oh. of them a cobbler because they had a shoe hammer? Either Where do you find a shoe hammer in the middle of in a Indonesia? fight? In Indonesia? They're trying to sell everything under the sun. They will try to sell you this piece of paper and the pen, you know, if you, you know, whatever. So there are people making shoes on the street. And I do like the idea of not having doors and just having someone stand <laughs> in front of the door. And finally, your buddy. It's went- like it's like the it's like the states that won't allow you to pump your own gas. Right, right. Like or, just to create more jobs, or just like the greeters at Walmart, you know. <laughs> yeah. But not don't have a door. Just have the greeter. Out there. And, and when you finally saw your buddy who bailed on the night, was he like, "Hey, what'd you do last night?" I still make fun of him because he the, he he brought a tear to his eye. You know, he saw oh, me. I'm, I'm laid up in the hospital. Oh yeah, like when he saw you for the first time, was he yeah, just like, he, oh, he my showed God. up at ten o'clock and he's like. Little tear, I still make fun of him. I'm like, you pussy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do rapid fire. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. Okay, we have questions from the listeners. They've submitted questions I, for can you. Can I ask Ryan. one first? Yeah, I sure. have one. Anyone in your family uh, who gets so squeamish about you getting hit during a fight that they can't watch you fight? Yeah, my mom. Your mom. Yeah, she's never been to a fight, and she'll watch a fight after she knows the result and if I've won. All right, and speaking of family, Daniel Giroux wants to know, is your dad Fabio? My dad Fabio? (laughs) (laughs) Fabio and I are actually the same age, although he's a, uh, may look a little older than I am. No, he's not my, he's not my dad. He's my jujitsu coach. Yeah. My dad is Theodore. Are we sure? Are we sure? Because crazy was going down in Santa Barbara back then. (laughs) (laughs) We're not sure. No, we're not sure. All right. (laughs) All right, next one's from Leslie Galay. Keeping it California, if Team Alpha Male were NWA, which member would you be? Oh. Oh, no comment on that one. Okay. All right. Uh, Spencer Loeb wants to know, what's it like having Dana White as a boss? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Dana White's awesome. He's an emotional guy, but... Uh, Hold on, I what do you mean by that? Guy. So when he... He's an emotional guy. Like he he's, he's like Donald Trump. He says whatever the hell he wants. Right, yeah. right. Have right. you ever not gotten along with him, or have you always gotten along? Yeah, there's been a, there was a time when I mean we didn't not get along, but I had to like 
you know, I'm a guy that always says what I want as well. And so uh, there was a time where he was having like some sort of dispute with John Fitch, and it was just after I had lost a big 13-fight win streak. And he was like, these fighters need to quit worrying about business. Fitch wouldn't sign this agreement to let him use his likeness for the video games or something like that. Right. So he was on this big rant. And we were on my local, Carmichael Dave, our local uh, radio guy, and he was asking Dana about Uriah, is he going to come back and blah, blah, this and that. And he's like, yeah, but you know all these guys, they need to just worry about fighting, not worry about business. And my dad told me about it, and that pissed me off because I was on a 13-fight win streak. And it had nothing to do with business. I just I got caught. I did like a back elbow and got caught with the right. So I called him, and I'm like, or I text him. I'm like, dude, way to kick a dude while he's down, et cetera, blah, blah. You know, I didn't even hear this. My dad heard it. And he's like, what? I didn't say anything, blah, 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 this and that. And then he called my dad and apologized. Oh, and, wow. That's and, cool. And it was actually really cool about it. So he's he's a good dude, but I mean, you know, he's real. What do you think about the Reebok uniforms? You know, I have my own clothing line, which I'm not allowed to wear because I'm on a UFC press tour right now. Right. Um, Torque, Torque1.net, if you want to check it out. Yep. So it's 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 rough for me because uh, I'm one of the guys that have, has built a brand. Right. But um, I, I like the overall the overall like you're okay with the look and everything I'm okay with the look i mean it's not my style necessarily but it's yeah. not horrible it's good quality stuff i would say that um you know moving forward as a brand i understand why the ufc would do something like that it but and as a businessman i understand that's their business so they can do what they want so for me i have to find a different way to, to get my brand out there okay all right uh saskatchewan haiku wants to know out of all the fighters in the ufc who has the worst gas <laughs> worst gas Holy Probably a smokes. lot because there's a lot of protein being consumed. Mm-hmm. Holy smokes! In a short period of time. And do some guys use that? I have no idea. Yeah, no has one anyone uses ever that used as a tactic that? in the ring? Like, um, I never have, and I, I would. What about loading not. up on like garlic so you really stink in there? Do some I've had guys some do that? stinky opponents before, yeah. and I eat a lot of garlic, but I'm not. I'm not a. I like to think I don't stink, but who, who, who which guy stinks and doesn't and knows it? That's a great That's point true. too. You know what I mean? Uh, My one friend smells like a wet dog. You ever told him that? No, should I? Do yes. It. Let's tell him now. Let's call him up. Let's call him up. <laughs> uh, Joe Cavs wants to know what kind of hair conditioner do you use? I don't use conditioner because my hair is too soft. If I use conditioner, I, it's, I can't manage it. Plus, we can't use water in California right now. Yeah, no we water. Yeah. So we have to reuse that. No, I don't use conditioner. I use conditioner like every once in a while. but Head and shoulders? I only wash my hair. No, not head and shoulders. No dandruff here. Oh, you keep the wood dandruff away. <laughs> exactly. I don't have dandruff. What? So, yeah, no conditioning. I don't condition my hair. What's uh, what's Sacramento like? Like, what's it like living there? It's such a uh, <clears throat> nondescript sort of place, it seems. It's the I capital. Love, I love Sacramento. Yeah? I mean, it's got a good, it's got a good uh, big enough city feel, and then you can get right out to the country. You've got some rivers and some awesome lakes. We've got seasons, but it never snows. We've got a little rainy season. We've got an awesome spring and an awesome fall. Um, I think it's paradise. Yeah? You're digging it? I, I love all of California, to be honest. And we're uh, a short flight to San Diego, a short flight to L.A. We're a short, short drive to Tahoe, a short drive to San Francisco. And then the northern coast is amazing, like Mendocino County. I have a building out in Puerto Rico, California, which is some of the most epic scenery you've ever seen. California is great. California is so the so best. The California, yeah. yeah. That's, that's it, it, baby. It's fun, right? Santa Barbara. That's that's where my whole family is great from. Great town. 
Amazing. Beautiful town. Amazing. Uh, what's the best thing about being from California for you? Like, what's the thing you love the most? I would say, you know, I've been all over the world, and there's always something something cool about every place. You go to Brazil, there's some cool stuff, but, like, the roads are all jacked up and the toilets suck. You know, you go to <laughs> Japan and, like, you know, it's, like, impossible to, to, to get around because everything's so small and, and the food's terrible. Our, you know, we're used to Japanese-American food, you know what I mean? Um I would say a couple places that I really loved were were Australia and Singapore. But the thing about California, which is awesome, is I feel like everyone's very about following their heart. I feel like in general, for some reason, people believe that they can do some amazing things. And they're a lot about health. And those are two things that that I think really stand out. Like people are thinking big here. And people enjoy being active and healthy. Yeah, people are very active here because you don't have to sit inside during the winter. Uh, yeah. Lots on Canada. And since. you're not going to fit in if, if it's summertime and, you know. Yeah. yeah you got to be in good shape, which yeah. is why I haven't really fit in. Um, 95 per- <laughs> you good shape? Oh, it's like, thanks, like a toothpick. Yeah. <laughs> 95% of our listeners are from Canada, so thoughts on Canada. You fought there a few times. I like Canada, but you know what? I had I had an evading an officer from, or keeping an officer from duty the only time I've gotten any kind of trouble with the law, like back after one of my fights, like in 2003. And so I actually spent a night in jail what? because of that. Wait a minute. Is that, was that in Quebec or was that? In- that was in California. Oh, but at I the see. border, you go there. I went to go watch the George St. Pierre, Matt Sarah fight. And they're like, have you ever been arrested? I was like, uh, I did get arrested one time in, in, uh, 2003 after, you know, whatever. <laughs> oh, what happened there? I said, oh, you know, my buddy's got in a fight and some lady cop, started running after us and everybody took off and I got in trouble from evading an, uh, an officer from duty or whatever. I'm like, okay, we'll have a seat over there. 12 hours later. Yeah, you're then too they, honest. Then they take you onto a, a, a paddy wagon, handcuffed. The the most time I was spent in captivity was in Canada because I tried to go watch a fight. We just, so, we just want to make but sure. I will say, we just want to check. The Canadian check people are awesome. I love, I love, the Canadian folks that I've come in contact Sell with. Sell out every there, event, too. I've been there quite a bit. I've fought there a couple times, and everyone's been, everyone's so friendly over there. They are. And they say some funny little things like, A, hey, and like, yeah. don't yeah. you know, and how about, like, no, what, what's it no, all about? No doubt about it. <laughs> oh, one more. We got one more for you. All right. right. This next one's a would you rather, come from Scott Uh-oh. Douglas. Fight 40 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? Mm. Huh. Duck-sized horses. <laughs> I would say, I mean, I guess the biggest tool a horse would have is to back up and kick you. Yeah, and that'd be right on my shins. So I'm usually getting and with those there. big duck feet too. I would not. I would not. Ha- I would not like to uh, fight a big duck. I go for. I'm going with the horses. Yeah. <laughs> Can we clip that? I would not want to fight a big duck. We need, we need to play that on every podcast from here on out. You're on here. Oh, we, we thank you for coming in. My pleasure. Uh, this is awesome. New season of the Ultimate Fighter starts September 9th. Yeah, September That's 9th, it. 10 Eastern, FS1. Uh, Uriah and Connor are going against each other. It's USA versus Europe theme season. It's going to be terrific. You're great, man. Thank Thanks, you so brother. much. Oh, one yeah. question. Yeah. You probably get it every time. Uriah, where's that come from? That's from the Old Testament. It means the Lord is my light. It was. Bathsheba was Uriah's chick, who King David stole, and uh, ended up getting her pregnant. And Uriah was like, "Bros before hoes, I'm not going to party with my chick when my buddies are battle." So he got snuffed. You've but, told that story a few times. <laughs> he's yeah. a warrior. Yeah, that's awesome. And a well, ladies' man. Well, it's very fitting. Uh, thank, thank you. you Thanks, man. My pleasure. Wow, thanks, Uriah. That was awesome. Up next, we have one of the baddest dudes you'll ever meet, Conor McGregor. The guy is amazing. 
Now, he did lose his last fight, but I think he'll come back and kicks Nate's ass next time. We interviewed Connor back in April of 2015, and talk about a gentleman. This dude has class. Even after that fight he lost, he handled it with such class. And I'm telling you, nobody kicks ass harder in the UFC than Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor, Unbelievable. Conor McGregor. Unbelievable. Come on in. Unbelievable. Not staged at all. Great to see you, Conor. (laughs) Always looking like a million bucks. Have a seat. That's for you, sir. <laughs> so, Connor, this is your last thing to do today. You've been doing media since 5 a.m. 5 a.m.? Really? Yeah, this is this is the business we are in, you know, so. <laughs> but work pays, so are I'm you, happy to be here. But you're good at it. You li- like, you like to, do you like this kind of stuff, or after a while does it become tiresome for you and you wish you were just training? Um, you know, I definitely pref- prefer training, but I am getting better with it as it goes. It's just, it seems to me it's normal life now. Nice. It's normal. Um, can I just ask you a quick question? You were a plumber before you became a fighter. Uh, yes, we, I was. we love talking about shit on this podcast. We're kind of obsessed <laughs> with it. Do you have a good a good shit story from your days as a plumber in Ireland? Yeah, you know, the only you know for me, I was just a first year apprentice, so I was the guy that had to go and get everything or go to the shop and, and stuff like that. So. I was just the go getter. So. so, so you avoided the shit. <laughs> I, thankfully, I, I avoided the shit. Now yes. you jump into the shit, <laughs> <laughs> full force. Uh, yes. You are kind of like the modern day Muhammad Ali. Um, the the way you you have the gift of the gab. I am, I am myself. Muhammad Ali is a special individual. He is on his own. He changed the he changed culture. Period. I am my own man. I am here representing my country on the the biggest fight platform there is, uh, and that is it. But for, for people to say that, I take I take great pride in that. It is an honor to hear that, but I cannot lay claim to something something like that. Tell us, when you are in the octagon, what happens in Ireland? Does the entire country shut down? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Awesome. We, love, we love to fight. We, love, we support our own. If, we are, if one of our own is competing in, in any sport, in any craft in the world we we as irish we get behind our people and, and it is no different for me when i step inside the octagon they have my back 100 percent, and i am forever grateful is it possible to let us into your mind when you enter the octagon or maybe when you're walking to the octagon what's going through your head because it just must be a level of excitement nervousness everything that most of us will never experience yeah it's definitely an experience that it's very hard to ex- explain the experience. A lot of times, it's different for each individual fight. Emotions are different for each individual fight. But for me, I feel I've got so comfortable in these situations that my mind is completely blank. I am calm when I walk in there. It almost is like a sigh of relief when I begin to make the walk. It's like, now I am here. Now I am here. This this is why I do this. Mm-hmm. for this particular moment so I, I like to embrace it but my mind is calm my thoughts are slow and and that is it so you can actually block out everything you know it's important not to block out everything because there is energy in the crowd there's energy that you do you know you 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 feed off of the crowd but but at the same time you do not want to get full off of the crowd so you must find a uh, a healthy balance and right. through true experience you you gain that some don't 
Uh, and some do, of course. So you're going to have uh, all the Irish fans travel with you, and then for Jose, all the Brazilian fans travel. So who's going who's gonna to win out? I feel like in the stands, there might be more fights in the stands than in the <laughs> octagon that night. Yeah, I, I feel, you know, with alcohol and stuff, maybe there will be some 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 Brazilian versus Ireland contests going on in the stands or around the, the, the strip. Um, but... I, I hope not, certainly. You know, I believe it will be a good atmosphere overall. You know, it will be a good energy, both countries colliding. Um, the war will take place in, inside the octagon. Uh, so. But as far as who, who will win over who, I don't feel... Somebody asked me the other day, the chance for the Brazilians is Uva Moher, which is you will die. And the chance for the Irish is there's only one Conor McGregor. These are like chants that <laughs> ring through the arena every time. And the, the Brazilian journalist asked me, how do you think, what do you think will happen when both fans collide? Like, what what the sound will be like? And I said, the Brazilians will not even be heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jose said, he said he guarantees he'll win. He says after studying you, studying your moves, he's guaranteeing a victory. When you hear something like that from an opponent like that, what what does it make you think? The mouth can speak certain things. But the eyes cannot. So when I look at him, I will definitely win. Now at the weigh-in, Dana White has actually said, you cannot, if you touch him, there's going to be hell to pay. Have you guys had an aside? Do you know what you're going to do at the weigh-in? Um, no, you know, I, I will take it as I go. Jose's coach rang, crying, please, please, Dana, please, I beg you, <laughs> keep Connor away from my, 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 my son. So... Dana called me, please, Connor, please, I beg you. So it's all good. As long as he keeps his, he, he does not speak my name in vain, we are good. When they beg for mercy, there is no need to act upon it. Now, your training camp, are you still based in Ireland or have you moved to North America yet? No, no, I am born, bred Irish. My home is Dublin. My team is Dublin. My gym is Dublin, straight blast gym. And... That is it. I am based in Ireland now. I will go home after this world tour. I will have maybe eight weeks in Dublin with my with my team, with my coach, and then we will pack up. We will move. To, we'll have a nice house set up in Vegas. We're going to set up a gym. We're going to have a chef. We're going to have everything all set up, and we will relocate to Las Vegas to prepare for the climate and the time difference. Now, right. Dan uh, is about to turn 40, uh, and he's uh, Irish-Canadian. O'Toole. So nice. he wants maybe some, some tips when he goes to Dublin for the first time. Maybe you can give him a few travel tips, things he should do, things he shouldn't say to a nice Irish lass in Temple Bar. <laughs> 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 you know, the Irish, we are friendly and we are accommodating. You will be welcomed with open arms. But if you piss one of us off, <laughs> then you will. Be, then there is nothing you can say. You must just run. And I and I think all the O'Toole. There's a lot of O'Tools in County Cork. I think that's where I have to go. Maybe so. yeah, Cork is a good city. Yeah, maybe you should head there. But <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, July 11th, uh, UFC 189. Uh, you against Jose Aldo. I wish you the best of luck. We can't wait to watch Thank it. You so much. And uh, pay per view numbers are going to be through the roof. I heard you say Pacquiao. Mayweather, forget about it. Those num- you're going to approach those numbers. Uh, I, I believe so. I mean, Pacquiao Mayweather, Mayweather is a phenomenal contest. I feel it should have happened five years ago, like many others feel. I just don't feel it has the same pop. I feel Manny has aged a little bit. Now, Manny is a legend. Floyd is a legend. But I feel the age and, and just Manny's KOs or KO losses and... <sighs> 
I just it doesn't have the same pop for me. This is two two men in their prime. This is a, a supposedly the pound for pound featherweight king in Jose Aldo, and and this is the pound for pound featherweight king in the notorious Conor McGregor. Both meeting in their prime in the purest form of unarmed combat with no limitations. I see I see it being competitive. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, that's and, and, a and when understatement. You, when you win, do you say it in the ring again? We're rich again. I loved when you said that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. You know, I will. I will head backstage and I will begin counting my my favorite pastime. <laughs> well, uh, safe trip back to Ireland and uh, thanks for stopping by. Best of luck. I know it's been a long day. Thank so, you, sir. Thank you so I much, Connor. Thank, really you, guys, yeah. thank you, Connor, Connor McGregor, McGregor. Everybody, unbelievable. Thank you. Well done, sir. Awesome. Take care, Connor. Best Thanks of again. luck. Best of luck. Amazing. I love Connor. That guy is nothing but class. Up next, speaking of champions, is Ronda Rousey. This interview was from a while ago. I think it's our oldest one uh, with UFC fighters. It's from August of 2014. Ronda Rousey is amazing. I have the smallest hands in all of the UFC. Like the extra small gloves, my five fingers fit in the four holes. Wow. I have tiny little hands, but I punch really hard. Uh-huh. So I you need know. to have a like a professional perfect wrap every single time that I work out. I can't hit anything or else I will break my hands in little pieces. Right. So the whole time I was in Bulgaria, I was just doing like wrestling and grappling and stuff like that. And um, I lost the calluses in my hands. So I came home and I had like five days to train. Before I left for uh, Fast and Furious, so I was like, you know what? I was going to charge it. My first day, I had no calluses. All the all the skin came off of all my knuckles. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I only have five days. I'm home. I was going to keep plugging Neosporin on it and just keep punching on it. And like literally, there was like a crater in my hand. Like I would look at it sideways, and there was just a dip. And it was so deep that you can see like like the balls of like your fat cells like oh, in your hand. Jeez. And I was like, I, I, but I hadn't struck in so long. I was like, I have to do it anyway. And so I, I, it would heal and then open up and heal and open up. And that happened for um, all throughout the Misha camp, the McMahon camp, and the Alexis Davis camp. Three camps in a row I was dealing with this. And um, I would just ignore it, you know? I, you know, like when Wolverine, they, he pulls out the spikes and, you know, Rogue is like, oh, does it hurt? And he goes, every time. That <laughs> every that, time I threw a right hand, every time you see a right hand touch anything while in those three camps, it hurt. Wow. Every single one of those times. And I remember turning to my coach before the Misha fight and being like, I know exactly where my knuckle hurts on this hand. And this is exactly the spot that I'm going to play on her face. And <laughs> I, uh, it was in the third round that like she like she was outstanding. I pretty I dropped her with a straight right hand, but she was like out and staggering backward. So it was that one little knuckle. You knew it. You that, called it. Yeah. And you so, called your shot. But like, I was like, oh, it's fine. It's getting better. And then it was annoying for a while. So I was like, okay, after the Alexis Davis fight, I, I put things off. If you haven't realized, I put off surgery for my knee and the knuckle thing. So I had the, the knuckle thing scheduled for after the Alexis Davis fight. I've never once thrown a right hook in a match, like in a fight. And the first right hook I ever threw is like this crazy overhand right that knocks her out and just explodes my knuckle. Oh. And uh, yeah, we got backstage and I was like, I was like, there's something up with my hand. And we're like leaving. <laughs> I'm like giving people high fives on the way out. Like, woohoo. And we're taking off the wraps. It's just covered in blood. Oh, I can no. just see the cuts like hanging out of the wrap. It like literally totally split the whole thing. But the good thing is I split. It was like called a ganglion cyst, I guess. It was like pressing on my nerve. That's actually a band I was in in high school. Ganglion cyst. <laughs> ganglion cyst. Yeah. So anyway, it exploded. And uh, it's not there anymore. And I have like, the coolest scar ever. I'm really that is proud of pretty it. wicked, actually. Yeah. The first thing I thought when I saw it, I was like, I can't wait to have some sort of movie role 
they can like yeah. zoom in on my hand and totally. make it look super they, they or can, just a fight poster just have like right up they there. can do yeah. wonders with fingers one time uh my dad was cutting a log with a chainsaw and he's like oh everybody in the truck we're like what happened and he hit a knot in the wood chainsaw popped back so his finger was dangling off everyone had to pile into the truck while he drove to the hospital they reattached it and yeah, it's fine yeah it was just dangling there you ever the- see the the movie four rooms four rooms when that- they chop off the pinky on the end at the end with the quentin tarantino part oh i've seen lots of pinkies chopped off in movies it's never fun oh the, the whole thing was like oh we'll just go put it back on don't worry yeah. like- <laughs> it's an easy fix it's easy <laughs> fix finger on finger off and that's been fingers on the <laughs> um before we let you go i want to know what is the feeling like when you're walking to the octagon, place going nuts? You're like so zoned in. That's such a good question because you're so you're so because you're so sweet with us. You're so good with the media. You're great with us. You've been a great guest. Thank you. But you are so zoned in. Like, in do you lights. hear the crowd going crazy, it or are you just crazy. like in a I, tunnel vision? It's like uh, it's like putting blinders on a horse. It's like I, I don't see and. But anything. who taught you? Did someone teach you that, or did, was that just instinct? You always have I been like that. I think it's just from so many years of doing judo mm. and competing in. You know, so many countries. Well, anytime I walked out for a fight, the whole place was booing me. Like, everywhere I went. And so I just blocked people out. I'm like, well, whatever. I'm sorry I'm not Finnish. You know? <laughs> I just walk out. And um... That should be your Twitter bio, by the way. Ronda Rousey, sorry I'm not Finnish. Well, yeah, I've fought in Finland before. And they were, they were not fans of the Americans. We are not very popular anywhere. So I just had to blot everybody out. And uh, boo is boo in every language. Just let you yeah, know that. It is. In yeah. 30 different countries That's I've been true. to, it, boo is the same. Everyone just decided <laughs> they had a global meeting. They're like, we don't like something. Boo! And that is the, that is what we're going with. That's and a good point. That's, I just learned to block it all out, even the cheers, too. Well, um, continued success. It's been amazing having you here. I, I know Expendables 3 is going to be huge. And you said you want to be a, a bigger box office star than The Rock. And it's going <laughs> to happen, right? Uh, well, I'm, I'm competitive. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but with good spirit. Uh, you my, didn't want to compete with Jerry Ferrara. You were like, go right to The Rock. Go right uh, to number no, one. No, no, no. My, my, my coach has a, a great saying. He says, be jealous, but be kind. And so it's to like take whatever people have that you want and use that to motivate you and not, you know, to resent them. That's a good point. And yeah. now now yeah, you get to continue you. your journey through, they call it the car wash, <laughs> where you stop here, then you have to stop on our Fox Sports Live show. So have fun with that. Yeah, have thank a great you, time. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. My <laughs> yeah. car will be squeaky clean by the end of the day. Uh, thank you. Ronda Rousey. <laughs> Ronda Rousey. You're awesome. Lovely right. to meet you. Best of luck. It's going to be a box office. Huge. Explosion. Okay, bye, Rhonda. Bye, Rhonda. Talk about amazing. She is awesome. I can't wait till she comes on the pod again. It'll be awesome. Okay, so last but certainly not least, the man who makes it all possible up next is Dana White. This is from March of last year, and it was such an honor to have Dana on the pod with us. Uh, I love the fact that we had him in our studio. The guy's awesome. What he does in a day, some people don't do in a lifetime. The guy is sick. When you hear Dana, and certainly when you meet him, you'll understand why the UFC is so successful. Do you? I hate to bring up GSP, but I, you, know, okay. you know we have to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, are you in contact with him? Have you been talking to him? Is there any chance we see GSP back in the office? I talked to him. I offered him a fight in Montreal, 
And uh, he said, I'm not ready yet. I- I'm I'm on the fence. I'm leaning toward he's not coming back. These really? Days. Yeah. Was yeah. he simply just worn out? Nah, he's rich, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so are you, and you're going yeah, all over but, the world. You know, I'm not done yet. I, got, I still got a lot of things that need to be done. He's rich, and uh, really doesn't have to do anything anymore if he right. doesn't want to. You know, he's filming some movies. Uh, from what I hear, I hope I'm able to say this. or Just you know, say it. This is where it. we break all the he, uh, <laughs> he, uh He is the, you know, the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie uh, Kickboxer? Yeah. They're remaking it with, with him. Shut so, up. Yeah. That's awesome. So he's filming that, and you know he's doing some fun stuff. I was I was in L.A. once one day at night, and I went to the uh, to the uh, uh, the Clippers game. George St. Pierre sitting right over there in the front row. I I went out one night to a concert. There's George St. Pierre in the front <laughs> row. You know, listen, if it, fighting is one of those sports that that you know you got to be hungry and you got to want it and you got to you know he, he hasn't been hungry in a long time. You yeah. know, for for a lot of things and and and. He, uh, like I said, he's got a lot of money. He's young. He's he's got a lot of uh, other options, and he's going out on top. So yeah. I'm, I'm not announcing George St. Pierre's retirement here. I think yeah. Dana White on the Jane <laughs> Dan podcast has just announced GSP's retirement. So we're on the subject of Canada. You know how much they love UFC in Canada. Yeah. Are, when are they going to get a big card? Do you have anything on the horizon where you're like, okay, we're looking in this in this area in this time frame? Well, we're in Montreal, and we have t- you know we had two title fights. Dillashaw just fell off. Dillashaw Barral was going to be there, and he just broke his rib. So uh, now it's it, it, uh, you know Mighty Mouse is fighting. You know, and uh, Rampage Jackson is on the card. Mike Bisbing is on the card. So we have a good card up in Montreal right now. Um, I owe a really good card to Calgary. Yeah. Right. So I'm uh, I'm working on that. That would be amazing. I feel like uh, out west they need to do it. Ronda Rousey. We have to talk about Ronda. Uh, she's headlining UFC 190 in Brazil. Is that yep. right? Yeah. Um, do you work? I mean, she's in. Uh, Furious 7, she's in the new Entourage movie, she was in Expendables 3. And Warner Brothers just bought a book series, you know, like like Twilight or something yeah. like that, you know what I mean? Like a book yeah. series to make with Ronda. Right. Wow. And yeah. so she, but she's fighting, like she just beat Cat. now she's fighting again against Batch. Like, do you worry a little bit about, I mean, she's not you, she can't travel the world and just have unlimited energy like Dana White does. She actually is me and she can do that. <laughs> she was with me in Rio, because right. we just announced that fight. Then she flew from there to New York, where she did uh, The View, the uh, Jimmy Fallon show. She's doing an ESPN. Uh, uh, can you say that? Here? We don't talk about <laughs> We don't talk about that. She's network. doing a car wash at ESPN. Sorry, guys. Um, and she uh, flew up to Albany, New York, and is up there right now battling with the legislature to get this. Uh, she met with the mayor. Uh, and not the mayor, the governor. She met with the governor of New York. Uh, you know, Ronda Rousey can do it all. She goes everywhere. She does any anything. She's amazing. Now, is she the so, biggest star in the sport right now? There's no doubt about it. Wow. So you mentioned all these things she's doing. Do you not kind of see what happened to GSP and how he made all this money and maybe worked too much and now he's done? Do you see that happening to her? Do you but have th- that fear? That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. You're supposed to work your ass off, become filthy rich, and then... Quit and go do something else. I I, I wish that for my people. I, okay. I don't, you know, today Brock Lesnar just announced that he's going to do his last deal with the WWE and he's going to put, you know, MMA in the rearview mirror. And everybody's hitting me up asking me how I feel. I'm happy for him. Good for him. It's good for him. It's good for his family. And this is one of those sports where, man, you got to be hungry. Like, you got to want it so bad. This isn't baseball. I mean, no, no disrespect to baseball or baseball players, but let me tell you what. 
One of my best friends that I grew up with is a baseball player. These guys like party the night before a game. You know, these guys yeah. go out, they hang out, and they go out and play baseball. This is not baseball. This is not basketball. This is not these other sports, man. These guys, you look at Jose Aldo and Conor McGregor, right? Conor McGregor is that young talented, hungry guy in his prime that wants that belt so bad because that belt opens a lot of doors. And that has to be your mindset, that has to be your personality, and that has to be your drive 24-7. And uh, <clears throat> if that's not it, you don't belong here. Does Connor talk too much for your liking? No, I, I mean, everybody's different. You know, some guys talk a lot, some guys don't say anything. All I care about is that you fight when you get in that octagon, and Connor does that for sure. This is the biggest fight in the UFC since... This is the biggest featherweight fight ever in, in history, and I believe this is going to be the biggest fight this year. Do you love how Pacquiao Mayweather has finally happened probably six years after everyone <laughs> right. wanted it to happen? True. Meanwhile, you got these two superstars at the peak Prime. of their... I mean, exactly. this is great for you guys. There's nothing better than when two of the best in the world in their prime, fighting for it all. I mean, that's what this sport's really all about. Uh, July 11th, load up on the pay-per-views. Connor said something that I thought was pretty funny, but maybe you agree with them, that he thinks the pay-per-view numbers for, for UFC 189 are going to approach Mayweather Pacquiao. When he says things like that, you have to answer to that kind of stuff. He's an optimistic guy. <laughs> I like it. I like where his head's at. Um, I hope he's right on that one. But this is definitely going to be the biggest fight for us this year, I think. And that's saying a lot. I mean, John Jones fought uh, John Jones fought Cormier. It was a great pay-per-view for us. Uh, Diaz and Silva did great. Ronda Rousey's last fight almost beat Silva Diaz. And now... Um, these guys are going to go, and we still got John Jones and uh, and and uh, Anthony Johnson, and we got Weidman versus Vitor Belfort. Yeah, so it's a good year, and we had a horrible year last year. Everybody got injured; yeah. couldn't have been yeah. worse. This this first quarter is the best first quarter in the history of the company, and, and, and that's saying a lot. And you're you're on Fox, you're on Fox Sports One, and we love having you. We love being associated with you, and it's great to finally have you on the podcast. Thank you. Man. It's great to be here. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. And, cool. Uh, and we don't, wh what are you going to do now? What happens tonight? What does Dana do tonight? So I'm leaving here. I'm jumping on a plane. I'm flying to Boston. I'm going to land at 3 a.m. Jesus. We got it worked out for the gym <laughs> to stay open. I'm going to work out, oh. and then I'm going to – do my day and then jump on the plane and go to New York. Unreal. Well, listen, I love your energy. I love the fact that you stopped by to see us and uh, maybe we'll see you again sometime Thanks. hanging out. Pleasure. Yeah. yeah. Dana, Dana White. Dana White. What a guy. What a guy. Thanks, Dana. We hope you guys enjoyed our best of UFC podcast and be sure to give us a review on iTunes. We may read it on next week's pod and we love those reviews. We love those tweets. We love your Facebook hits, Instagram, but certainly we love all the stuff that you send Jay and Dan. And with Ben here now, I don't know what else to say. On with the pod. See you guys next week. Bye.